Welcome, Sega fans, Fight fans, that we have a show for you. This evening, in the red corner, you have me, Dan, the Mega Driver, and in the blue corner, he's the barn to my Raxel, it's James the Segaholic, how you doing, mate? Your mama's crap! I was counting on that. <laughs> you set them up, lad, just back them in the park, mate. That's, uh... Or throw them into the cage, mate. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> <laughs> Come back for the second round with no clothes on. <laughs> yeah, I don't walk around naked. I walk around with broken armor. Alright, that's it. <laughs> Par for the course, mate. How you doing, mate? You good? I no bad, mate. Um, was playing a wee bit of Virtua Fighter Five uh, on the, the 360 before we came on, so. Because obviously the topic we're doing today is all about fighting games, so um, let's have a wee shot of that before I came on. So I, um, I'm good, mate. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad. Bit of a bit of a crazy day, but I won't get into that. I was playing a little bit of bit of Saturn Bomberman, so something completely not related to the topic that we we're talk, discussing today. But no, I picked that off the shelf. It's, it's been a while since I played that one. It's uh, you know multiplayer on that is brilliant, but I ain't got well, I haven't got nine friends to play with. I haven't got one at the moment. I mean, play it with yourself, but you're hundreds of miles away. Well, maybe, maybe come out. Couple, couple of months, mate. Couple of months. But now the single player on it's pretty good. I've never finished good it though. So good fun. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a stab at it until I, until I get bored or stuck again. <laughs> no, it's great fun. That's a cracking game. So today, then, mate, as you said, it's fighting is the order of the day. Yes, mate. Um, and 3D fighting, to be precise. We're going to go through the the history of 3D fighting games on the Sega Saturn. Yeah, so especially since everyone always talks about the Saturn being a 2D fighting powerhouse. And obviously, you and I have spoke before at length about four megabyte card ga- four megabyte cart games, X-Men versus Street Fighter, Marvels versus Street Fighter. We had the whole Capcom episode, um, you know, there's classics there that everyone knows about, but I think don't think the Saturn 3D fighters get a fair shake, to be honest. No. And the thing is as well, obviously that kind of Japanese library plays a massive part as well. You know that there's there's quite a few kind of rarities on there, maybe ones that people haven't heard of. So what we're going to do is I think this will be like a kind of two-parter. We're going to cover the kind of the history of the more mainstream ones, uh, and then we're going to follow that up with the the, the rarities um, and there is some absolute belters in there, some some rubbish as well, but some some <laughs> some, some some goodies as well. So we're going to go with the kind of the, the kind of chronological order of the kind of mainstream ones for this episode. Yeah, so we got the the milestone games in here, the first and last, and all the big ones in between. And some of the some of them are hits, some of them are misses, but not too many. I think uh, we disagree on at least one of these. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, obviously, when it comes to the Sega Saturn, mate, we've discussed it at length before. It all starts with the game that revolutionised not just the fighting genre, but with gaming as we know it wouldn't be where it was today without Virtual Fire. Aye. It's it's the one that started it all, really. You know, as I say, again, looking back at it, 1994, you know, you're, you're looking at playing this, you know, in the arcades, and obviously it comes to the Saturn and that kind of November launch window in Japan. And I, it was it was a game that that changed the course of, of history. You know, if if it wasn't for Virtua Fighter, maybe if if Sega had brought it out later on, 
maybe Sony wouldn't have seen it and they wouldn't have <laughs> changed tact. But it's it's very much one of those kind of sliding doors moments in gaming. I think it was everybody was still kind of quite happy with the kind of 2D and the kind of pseudo 3D. Obviously, you had like the, the Super FX chip for the Super Nintendo and you had the, the, the chip that was on obviously the virtual racing cartridge yeah. for the for the Mega Drive and you had that kind of, which was impressive enough, you know, even on the Mega Drive Mini 2, playing virtual racing, I still think, How's, how the hell is a Mega Drive doing that? That's I know the frame rate's not anywhere near the arcade version, but it's a Mega Drive running virtual racing. Yeah, I know. It's like, so, aye, it's a proper sliding doors title Virtua Fighter changed the course of the industry um, and again as a port I think you know we've spoken about it at length on here before kind of much maligned wrongly retrospectively I think Um, gets a lot of unwarranted unfair criticism I think people forget the impact that it had back then the kind of impression that it made Um, and I think there's this whole thing as well where you know, you obviously had the first Tekken that came out shortly after on the PS1. Then you had Toshinden, which was you know, obviously more texture-looking, more texture-mapped, sort of bloodier, smoother-looking kind of edges. And I think maybe people look back at that and sort of gravitate towards that a bit more and look at Virtua Fighter with, oh, it's, it's aged really badly. And But I think it's aged really, really gracefully. I, I you know we've spoken about it on here again the amount of times we've said about Virtua Fighter having this this timeless look you know, we're going to talk about Remix in due course but I always think that, that Remix really does take the soul out of Virtua Fighter, um, it just doesn't feel at all like the same game but I, I love Virtua Fighter 1, you know, so like fan it as well, it, it's, it speaks for itself mate it's it's a, a monumental title in gaming history. No, it really is, mate. And uh, I was thinking about it today, actually. Obviously, we're always thinking about Sega. But um, we've, at the time of recording, Star Fox or Star Wing, as we knew it in the in the West, has just celebrated its 30th anniversary. And I was trying to piece Another in one. my... Sorry? Another, <laughs> Another one, yeah. <laughs> and I was trying to piece in my head because, yeah, it'll be the 30th anniversary of Virtual Fighter this year. <laughs> In the arcades, obviously the Saturn version came out in 94, but the arcade version came out in 93. And I was trying to think, did Starwing come out before? So Starwing was obviously, you know, Virtua Racing came out in 92, and Starwing came out in 93. But you look at Starwing, and I love Starwing. Um, Huge, huge, you know, my probably my favourite game on the SNES. But then, you know, there's something timeless about the look in the same, in the same way... That there is about Virtua Fighter. Someone was asking me, which do you prefer, Star Wing, Star Fox, or Star Fox 64? And I said, well, 64 is probably objectively better, but there's just something about those flat shaded polygons. That look is just so alluring. And it's the same with Virtua Fighter. It's just, it's just different. And it's just a window into that time that you just can't, you just can't really replicate. And I know we've had a few homages to Model One games in recent years, um, and they're very nice. But there's just something about the way that it's rendered and virtual racing to an extent as well that just that just hits differently. Aye, there's been a couple of um, was it Hot Shots racing or something? I think it's it Hot called. Shots racing, yeah, yeah. And you can see what they're trying to do, but it's almost it's not as if like, virtual fighting and virtual racing weren't clean looking. They, they were very crisp and kind of bold. But <clears throat> excuse me, I think. The, the kind of, as you say, the way it's rendered, it's almost like it's trying too hard to look old that it yeah. 
kind of looks false. It's, it's I can't put my finger on it, it's, but it just it doesn't capture that that feel. Like you could put virtual racing on, like even the Switch version of virtual racing is is brilliant. I had a Switch very briefly, Switch Lite, and I had virtual racing on that. I got it at the sale for like four quid. Insane value, four quid yeah. for virtual racing. I got it for, for one sixty nine. <laughs> there you go. He's even better, you know, but. Aye, there's just there's something about these kind of more modern kind of takes. They just kind of miss the mark for me. I think the problem is with them is that you're putting it on platforms which have, you know, they're, again, they're 30 years older or 30 years newer. And they've got, you know, 100 fold more processing power. There's just the the level of detail, the, the amount of geometry that you see. And yeah, you're, I think you're right when you just said it's, it's almost too clean, too clean, Aye. too detailed. You know, the thing that the, the marvelous, the amazing thing about Virtual Fire and Virtual Racing is they work within the confines and the re- restrictions of the hardware at the time. And, and, and again, I think when we're talking about retro gaming, we're talking about retro games as part of the allure for me. That's part I'm going on a little bit of a tangent now, but that's why the two versions of Street Fighter 2 always go to the ones on the SNES and the Mega Drive, which are massively cut back from the arcade when you look at them astounding ports at the time but you look at them side by side the arcade now smaller sprites lower resolution big borders on the screen less animations but the stuff that they did with that hardware at the time amazing and it's the same for virtual fighter as an arcade game and also for virtual fighter as a sega saturn port as a very first opening window sega saturn port which was as i went into in a blog post that i did last year you know, very well received at the time. And it's only this kind of this hindsight, this, you know, this <clears throat> this view that it was that it was a disappointment, but it wasn't. <laughs> it's only looked at now because well, Remix came after. Aye, I mean, Edge reviewed the Japanese copy and gave it 9 out of 10. You know, they called it the first true next generation game. So... Aye, it's, I mean, what you're talking about Street Fighter 2 as well, that, that is true. I mean, like, again, going back, obviously then, and, like, I mean, you get the time as you know, but, I mean, everybody was talking about and wanted Street Fighter 2, and whenever you, you had a shot of, like, Street Fighter 2 on the SNES or the or the Mega Drive, like, as you look, it was the arcade version. Obviously, you look at it now, as you said, you go back and you go, oh, you can really see the limitations, but... You know, again, it's working within the confines of that hardware, what it was doing. And then what's even more remarkable is you get to the kind of modern day and you look at what, you know, like uh, Master Linkway and, and these kind of guys are doing with these fan mods that we've spoken about, where they're bringing across the arcade sound, they're, they're rechanging the color palettes, they're adding animations, yeah. and they're showing that the actual hardware was far more capable. It was basically held back by memory constraints yeah. on the, the kind of cartridge, you know, they couldn't afford to, to buy bigger cartridges because it would have been more expensive to sell even larger memory. And obviously they had the development kind of timeframes um, and constraints and also the budgetary constraints as well. So it's it's amazing to see that these machines could do more. I always wonder if maybe somebody could go back and rework Virtua Fighter 1 on the Saturn. <laughs> Some, oh, some of those fan projects out there were are, are pretty astounding. I mean, that that Unreal one just really, just wow. <laughs> That's ridiculous, isn't it? No, I know. The, the lighting effects in that and the way it moves, the smoothness of it, just goes to show you, you know, what, what people were working with back then compared to, you know, if you've got the time and to kind of sit there and 
you know, pick it apart and, and get to grips with it fully and see what it could properly do. Yeah. Um, passion projects, mate. But uh, speaking of passion projects, I think you could probably class Virtual Fighter Remix as something as a passion project. I mean, this is all sorts of discussions. And again, I touched on this on the blog, but people say that it was a response to, to Virtual Fighter. But I think Panda said in his, in his Virtual Fighter Remix review, you know, it's spot on. In the time that they had that ready, they must have been working on it immediately after Virtual Fire launched. Um, and it seemed like it was going to be more of a tech demo than anything else. It was just they could see them, they could, and then decided to release it. Um, <clears throat> it wasn't a, remi- I mean, a, a, a response to the Shinden, or at least it doesn't seem that way. I guess there's a talk as well that it was shown behind closed doors at the E3 that the Saturn launched that, yeah. so it was in existence as early as, you know, that May 1995, yeah. so I, for me, I think Virtua Fighter Remix always comes across as a kind of beta test. Yeah. I think it, it, it was them kind of testing the water to see could they do Virtua Fighter 2? That's just my, my opinion on it. I think that if you look at it, the texture mapping's there, the clipping's gone, the fighters are far bigger. Like if you look at Virtua Fighter 1 and put on Remix, the, the, the fighters are bigger. They're, they're, there's a definite size difference. I think it's zoomed in. I think that's what it is. Is that what it is? Yeah. Right. I think when you compare them side by side, the animations are absolutely identical, so the hitboxes must right. be the same. So I think it's just... don't know ah, why it's zoomed, zoomed in. in. Yeah. Right. I guess Panda did that in his video. He timed... He did, like, yeah. Remember, uh, it's like Sarah's ponytail falling down <laughs> when she does her, her flip <laughs> kicking. He counted the frames and they were identical. So... Aye, the, the kind of myth as well that oh, they've reworked the timings of the moves and they've fixed the frame rate and they've taken out any kind of glitches and the, you know it's everything's been totally refined and it's like <laughs> it's just it's just it is literally just a reskin. It is. Um, but as I sort of always said, it feels this the soul just gets ripped out of it, and I think it, it just feels like a fan mod. Yeah, I mean, you know, and because I, I, it wasn't by the AM2 team, it's by. Was it AM3 or AM1 that did it? I can't, I can't remember. Uh, I'm sure it was AM1 with assistance from AM2. Yeah. Done it. And I imagine they did it as fans of of, of, of the game. Um, and, you know, it does come across as a, as a as a remix, of course, by not, not by the original creators. So, yeah, I think you're right in that the, the soul does feel like it's ripped out of it. It doesn't feel like Virtua Fighter 1 loses the visual identity. And at the same time, it doesn't feel like Virtua Fighter 2, even though the clothing for most of the characters isn't their Virtua Fighter 1 clothes, it's their Virtua Fighter 2 clothes kind of textured right. on. But the way that they're textured and their colours doesn't look like Virtua Fighter 2. It looks it looks different. So it kind of looks, I... kind of looks out of place. It's like a halfway house. Yeah. You know, it doesn't it doesn't know what it wants to is it VF one? Is that a kind of test for VF two? Where, where do you want to kind of be? And it's kind of stuck in this kind of weird limbo in between. I mean, the one thing with with Emix that was really nice was obviously the the kind of packaging that they that Sega sent out if you registered. I mean, again, because the the Saturn that I had at the start was Monko's one and he registered for warranties in. See, any time there was a card inside something, whether it was a mini disc player, a, a VHS player, you know, a turntable, a computer, a Walkman, if there was one of those wee square pamphlets you had to fill in to register, they were off, right? So 
obviously he's he's registered that Saturn straight away, and then it was a surprise. Never this Jiffy bag turned up when the Virtual <laughs> Fighter Remix was in there, but I it, it came as people who have got it, you know, maybe have picked it up or still have it. It came in this lovely big thick mm. kind of cardboard box with this flip open kind of this big flap cover, and then inside it was a kind of double jewel case, and that. There was a kind of the, the way the case was was formed was that it was just a nice hole big enough for that to sit in. There was artwork around it, and then obviously you got the kind of CG portrait disc as, as part of that bundle. Um, I can't recall what the retail packaging for Remix out if it was just a standard Saturn case. I've never seen Remix out with of that freebie. I've never I, I never ever seen Remix on. In Comet and Dixon's in any indie shops, and I never ever seen Remix anywhere. So, did it ever come out in the standard kind of slim? I think it box? did. I think it, I've. Do you know? I've not. I've just realised I've never seen it in the flesh. I've seen it on eBay in the usual, you know, DVD style case. Um, it still goes for a fair bit, and then, but then the, the the big pack that you're talking about that your uncle had, the jewel case with the outer box and everything, goes for goes for a ton. Um, I've got the Japanese versions that go for about three quid on eBay. Uh, that's, how, that's how I've got it. <laughs> it's, just, it's the same it's game. The same it's thing. the same game. It's the same game, and it's the same <laughs> game as Virtua Fighter One. Um, and I know we've been kind of saying how it's we're not fans of the visual style. I think anyone that's watching this that hasn't played. Virtual Fighter or Virtual Fighter Remix, they're both identical. Um, if you want that classic look um, that Virtual Fighter started with, go with the original. If you don't like flat shaded polygons for some reason and you want a fully textured map, then Virtual Fighter Remix is your game. It's they both play absolutely identical, despite Sega claiming to have improved gameplay. <laughs> no, you haven't. <laughs> it's the same. <laughs> It's just a reskin. <laughs> yeah, it's the it's ironic, isn't it? You know, nineteen ninety five, Sega are reskinning the Virtual Fighter game with texture maps. You go to Virtual Fighter Ultimate Showdown, <laughs> you can buy flat shaded skins for the for the Virtual Fighter characters in Virtual Fighter Five. <laughs> Madness, honestly. Just, again, just goes to show everyone just wants to go back the way exactly. you know it's. Let's move away from 2D. Let's move away from flat shading. <laughs> Let's move away from cell shading. Let's go back to cell shading. Let's go back to... Like, Let's go back to wireframe. <laughs> aye. Let's go back to Pong. <laughs> so yeah, Virtual Fire Remix, not a response to Toshinden. Toshinden, speaking of which, came over to the Sega Saturn just a few months later in November. Um, what did you think of Toshinden S or Toshinden Remix? Again, I remember my uncle renting this, and for some reason, this I'm sure he rented this from Blockbuster, and it was this in uh, Worldwide Soccer, the first one. Yeah, you know, what I mean, the victory goal, Jesus, uh, victory goal, Jesus, right, right there. <laughs> uh, I international victory goal and Toshinden. I'm, I'm sitting here I can visualise because they came in these wee crappy you know horrible wee plastic CD cases with the big stupid blockbuster blue yeah. and white logo wrapped in it because they didn't dare to give you the actual case away because it probably got destroyed given it was cardboard but uh, I it just it felt really clunky 
always felt that with Tushinden on the start and I was always really battling the controls. Same with like, was it FIFA 96 that I had as well. I always remember there's this memory of the controller creaking because I was fighting it that hard to do something. And that was the same with Tushinden. And again, I just get some nice kind of wee visual effects and uh, you can you can see also the PlayStation version was was very kind of stylized and as we talked about that kind of smooth kind of look at the bodies of the fighters, the limbs, the kind of the, the nice kind of transparency. Yes. There's a guy that's got a sword and he does that and flames go across the ground and all that kind of stuff. But I it just it never it never kind of resonated with me to Shinden at all. Um, and I think the Saturn version, from memory, I've not played it in a long time. I've got it on Fenrir, I haven't touched it, but I always remember that the controls felt really sluggish. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Um, I think I originally played to Shinden in a Sony shop. They had a demo pod, they had a PlayStation up there. Big, big. Mind them? Yeah. It's the Sony shop, yeah. Christ. Huh? Used to be one in Glasgow. You've just triggered a. I mean, Tom. Tom said that when we spoke to him. He's like, you've just triggered a memory right in the back. You, I, I can literally see that Sony shop. My God, that was a blast for the past. Yeah, this is before I had the Saturn on my own. So well, we used to go to Watford, and uh, I was about. I can't remember how old I was. It must have been fourteen. I'm trying to remember, maybe thirteen. My mom just let me roam around on my own, going to. I'd just go to all the game shops, and I went into. Um, and I saw they went into the Sony shop because they had a PlayStation demo, obviously trying to sell it. Um, and one the first game I played in there was Destruction Derby. Um, and then when I went in there another time, they had Deshinden. And uh, I was like, well, this is pretty, pretty cool. Um, and then I played Deshinden 3 or something at a friend's house much later. And I was like, this is absolute garbage. But anyway, I bought the uh, bought the Deshinden S on the, on the Saturn. Uh, a few years back, thinking, you know, I, I did like the original edition. I got a little bit of, you know, it was a big game, wasn't it? And I played it. I was like, oh, this is, this is poor. It is, it is clunky, uh, sluggish. Um, I don't think it's too different from the PlayStation version. Yes, lower resolution, you lose your transparencies, etc. But most of the effects and gameplay are there. A lot. Of, some people say that the Saturn version is better. I'm, I'm probably, I'm not sure if it is or not, but. It still feels clunky. I mean, it was celebrated for what the the diving out the way. <laughs> it's like the first oh, truly three D texture map fighter, and it's like nah, nah. It's, it's not as elegant as like Soul Calibur or Virtua Fighter Three. It's it's like it's diving away. It's janky. <laughs> it's really janky. No, <laughs> it, it never it never ever resonated with me at all. I say it was. I mean, I, I played Victory Goal more that weekend, you know, um, that I did that to shit. I just, again, you had Virtua Fighter sitting there and then you've came to that and it just lacked that kind of finesse. Yeah. Just, it didn't have that polish, you know, just, it felt again, just like, what did you use, clunky? It really did. Yeah. I don't want to, I'll do it, I'll do it a massive disservice. It's not this bad, but, you know, all the, all the flash, <laughs> you know, all the flash and the visuals and the hype around it. Not too dissimilar from a certain Rise of the Robots in a way. So obviously it wasn't that bad. But did it come in fourteen discs? <laughs> fourteen discs? Mate, I get that in pirate. I mean I told you what they should go to that market, right? <laughs> see see my uncle's face the I told him I wanted rise either bad it was he's getting educated now. That's that he's you're almost an honorary Ouija. You know what I mean? Um 
but I mate, I put up there up to the list, and it was like, man, I told you it was two pound for your first disc and a pound for every additional disc. <laughs> so my uncles used to get up and buying like one, one and two disc games, maybe pushing it to a three. And the woman came out. I was like, can I get Rise of the Robots up in the chart, number forty-three? She's in the the, the briefcase. You know, flicks through, comes out with a wad of discs with like the biggest elastic band <laughs> that you've ever seen in your life. Oh, I'll be fifteen pound, please, lad, <laughs> for a pirate game. Fifteen quid for a pirate game. Buy a retail one. Aye, it was about thirty quid or something. I don't think I don't think well, mate. But um, aye, um, it's better than Rise of the Robots. Robots. It's better than Rise oh, of it's, the Robots. It's aye, it's a lot better than that. Jesus, that's <laughs> such a bad game. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's like <laughs> just like, walk out, walk out the hangar. Please insert disc seven. <laughs> Cut scene of a ape-shaped robot coming out the hangar. Please insert disc thirteen. <laughs> Come on, why fight something? <laughs> no, you don't. Not in that game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it was a lot of hype and. You know, graphical features, but it wasn't. It didn't have the gameplay of Virtual Fire. So, yeah, it was. You're better off with the with the Saturn original there. But of course, that all changed in December '95, as the second out of the big three to arrive was Virtual Fighter Two. And obviously, we've spoken at length about what an absolute revelation this game was. Aye, it's it's why the games again. Like we remember seeing it on, let's say, a Saturn magazine gave away the VHS. And we've spoken about it, you know, that they showed you kind of pie and, and, and loud and they're kind of, they're on Jeffrey stage and they're just going through their motions, their punches, their kicks and she's doing all their kind of flips and all that and Lau's doing his, his spin kick and stuff and it's all showing off and then you get to like some kind of one-on-one actual combat but the hitboxes aren't there apart from the throws so like Jeffrey and Wolf are picking people up and throwing them about and I just remember seeing that and going, what the hell is this? It's like no, that, that must be the arcade version that they're showing. It can't, you know, that's kind of been a Saturn, and obviously it was Saturn footage. And to see that back then was just mind blown to actually play that. You've spoken as well about how, whenever you obviously you got VF2 in your bundle and you took it, you know, to the scart on the TV downstairs and putting RGB scart in and seeing that running, you know. And it just gets kind of back to that thing Sega Lord X said, you know, the, you know, if if you're picking it up today and you look at it and try try and look at it through 1995 eyes, try and look at it as to what was out at that time when that came out, because as he said, to to know the the absolute jubilation of of seeing that running, you know, we we got that was it December '95 in Japan, it came out January over yeah. here '96, and. To see that at that time was just mind blowing. I mean, it took it took until Tekken three for for PlayStation to even come up with anything beat 'em up wise that could even lay a finger yeah. on VF two. Like Tekken two, which was a good fighting game, I'd had plenty of fun with. I love Tekken, Tekken two. two. I love Tekken two more uh, than three. Aye, <laughs> I mean the the Yoshimitsu model on two. I think is just. I mean, that, that was my kind of go to was was Yoshimitsu on on Tekken two. And he was, his wee, his wee victory pose, his wee, his wee hat, and his wee green, his wee green trousers. But you know, when he's up there and slashing down, yeah. I 
jump pogo stick. <laughs> yeah. better, better not do, better not do that on camera. <laughs> um, could be a, a dodgy moment there. But um, aye. So, I mean, I, I had plenty of fun with, with Tekken 2. And it's a very good port on the PlayStation. But again, you, you put VF2 beside that and it was just like, what? Yeah. It was night and day. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, gameplay-wise, they're just mild. As I say, love Tekken 2. Lots of fun with that one. It's my favourite Tekken. But um, I still remember my friend got a PlayStation for Christmas and she's like, oh, this is Tekken. And I was thinking, this isn't as good as what I'm playing. Because um, we were looking at the backgrounds and the backgrounds, I mean, in Virtual Fighter 2, you've got the lovely parallax. So it's obviously not fully 3D like the arcades. You've got the lovely parallax um, that makes it look 3D. Like the the, the arenas are like fully realised, like the, the rings, you know. Whereas Tekken 2, one thing I remember is we figured out how to run, you know, when you just mess about in games and you're a teenager or your mates and one ran backwards and the other one was chasing it. <laughs> the camera panned out. And That's all we right. saw was the clipping because obviously the the floors were made up of polygons. It's not flat, and you know, you just you can just see that the the background is just one flat image, and the floor is just a bunch of polygons, and there's clipping there. When you know, people people were really quick to point out when Virtual Fighter One was clipping with some of the ring, but you know, crickets when it came to Tekken Two. But anyway. <laughs> Aye, no, I remember that. I remember that the whole if you if you backed away from each other playing a, a two like a two player game, like the camera just went further and further out, yeah. and then it, it lost that kind of that illusion, that grandiose about yeah. it. It didn't quite it lacked the polish. Whenever you kind of it was like pulling the curtain back a bit. Wasn't <laughs> yeah, it? It, was. It, was. it was. I mean, even even when you're like moving around, if you're rolling towards the camera or rolling away, and the arena had to rotate a bit, you could see the clipping, and so it just didn't feel as polished. It didn't look as clean. It wasn't as high a resolution as possible. Obviously, the characters had noticeable polygonal edges to them, not like Virtua Fighter Two, which was really smooth looking. I mean, even Remix are quite smooth compared to compared to Tekken. I mean, it obviously had the effects and everything and all the hit sparks and stuff, but yeah, Virtua Fighter 2 was just a, a, a revelation. Um, it's nice to hear Maximilian do talk about it so glowingly in recent videos, that it is the second most important fighting game of all time, just behind Street Fighter 2, of course. Um, and I think... I, I think he... He he mentions as well about the fact of again taking into context the time it came out. Yeah, you know he's he's this is a nineteen ninety four game. He's talking about the arcade yeah. version, but I mean obviously ninety five in Japan and in America for the the Saturn, and obviously ninety six here. But uh, you forget how early, yeah, that that came out. Like like I think Daytona USA. We're talking about Virtua Racing coming out in ninety two. Like Daytona was previewed in arcades in ninety three, yeah, and then got rolled out in ninety four. Model 2, Daytona was 93. It was available, it was out there in 93. It's out there. <laughs> it's out, aye, oh, there we go. <laughs> so, aye, but it is good to see Max kind of, you know, somebody who's kind of respected as that and the kind of the beat em up kind of content creation kind of community, someone who's kind of respected as that to give VF2 its place is, is nice to see. Yeah, I think he says, uh, if this game came out on PlayStation, it would have sold millions and it would be legendary. And, yeah. It probably would have, because I don't think there was anything that could really hold a candle to it. Yusuf he's sitting there going like that, <laughs> grudgingly. <laughs> I mean, I don't think Yu Suzuki um, 
wanted to make was he one of the ones that didn't want to make games for any other platform? I know there was a bunch of developers that rebelled when the chapter was closed. I know Yuji Naka didn't want to make anything for anything but Sega Harbor. I'm not quite sure about you, Suzuki. If he didn't, then he quickly came round when uh, you know Shenmue 3 got its its backing. <laughs> Shenmue 2 was was out on Xbox in no time. <laughs> aye, exactly, aye. <laughs> I think I think a certain Mr. Moore had something to do with that. Yeah, he though. did, he did indeed. <laughs> but yeah, I mean we've obviously talked about Virtual Fighter 2 a lot. And Virtual Fighter One, and obviously there's the old podcast episodes for our for our listeners to to check out if you want to hear a bit more about them. Um, after Virtual Fighter Two, we've got Criticon, which is a very oddball one, which we'll touch on in our oddballs episode. But uh, Virtual Fighter Kids came next, which is basically Virtual Fighter Two again. Aye, and it always it's a weird one. This isn't it, Virtual Fighter Kids? <laughs> Like the big giant head style and the kind of the the kind of visual style of the characters, the way their faces are drawn, like it's just a it's a strange one. I always wonder how the like Akira does a double kick, but his feet don't go past where his chin is. So how can he make contact with anybody? It's like how, how's that work? Yeah, it's like mate, mate, you're not kicking anybody. <laughs> Your legs are too short. It's like. <laughs> It's not. It's not one that I go to very often. To be fair, I sometimes put it on for just for the shits and giggles, basically. But it's it's not one that I'm 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 not drawn to that. If I put the Saturn on, I don't go. You shot of you, kids. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm exactly the same. I uh, I do put it on. I enjoy having it, and I enjoy playing it just for a laugh. It's not one to take seriously. I mean, I always spot something different in there that makes me laugh. That makes me giggle, like in the backgrounds, like um, I think it was the um, like the statue in the back of Akira's stage has got some sort of stupid expression on its face. It's, uh, <laughs> it was making me giggle laugh the last time I played for it. Uh, it's it's a laugh basically, but it's it's a silly game. Um, like the you could choose. I forgot because someone reminded me I had to watch a video to remind me. That when I last played it, you have you can get to choose the physics model. You can have kids mode or Virtua Fighter mode. Yeah, so the physics is a lot more like Virtua Fighter Two in Virtua Fighter Two mode, but it's still not quite right, just because the models of them are just, you know, so ill proportioned. So it's uh, <laughs> it's, it's it goes for um, it's the most expensive aside from Remix. It's the most expensive one to pick up. It goes yeah, obviously it didn't sell massively well mm. um i can't imagine i get a big production run either no uh. i think again it was i think it was just the team messing around with the virtual fighter 2 port and deforming their heads it's all right Aye. stick it stick it in the arcades and stick it on a saturn disc that's that means an stv game isn't it, it? is yeah stv uh, it's the kind of wee facial expressions of whenever you like you kick them, they get like wee crosses for yeah. eyes and stuff like that. It's Little like, tears and stuff. I, I just, <laughs> it's, it's oddball, honestly. Aye. It's funny enough. It's the only Virtua Fighter game that was reviewed in Sonic the Comic. It's really was odd. <laughs> yeah. So they got they got a really weird relationship with Saturn. Like they loved they loved the Mega CD and they loved the Thirty Two X, and then the Saturn came out and they barely covered it at all. And then they started reviewing really odd games like Road Rash, like 3DO ports, basically. But then midway through 96, they review Virtua Fighter Kids, give it 96% and say it's one of the greatest fighting games ever. I'm like, 
that's, 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 that's got to be a piss take, surely. <laughs> I think it's just Sega were just really odd about the review codes they were sending out. Bloody hell. <laughs> 96 percent. That's generous. I know. It's visually, visually, it's an alright looking game. I mean, it looks good. It looks fine. Um, it's just the gameplay. It's just, you know, I think stuff like uh, Pocket Fire is doing it right. Aye, that that took it and totally reworked it in the right way. It made it completely comic book, added loads of Easter eggs in there, kind of poked fun at itself. Yeah. Um, not let's say that VF Kiss doesn't poke fun at itself, it does, but aye, it's just it's just it's a weird, weird game. VF Kids, Pocket yeah. Fighters, brilliant. Pocket that's, Fight. that's, Pocket Fighters, that's gorgeous. absolutely outstanding. I love that aye. game. It's just just the, the just like the you know. When you're on that background stage and you've got your, your Zangief and your, you know, you do that combo where you you turn into a bear, then you turn into like a Russian dancer, then you blow vodka at them and do this. <laughs> and Bison's on the background on his on his uh, snowplow. <laughs> it's like one of Ken's specials as he goes up on a horse as a yeah, cowboy. Yeah, he, he turns into a cowboy boots. Uh, the, the, the horse kicks you or something. It's like, what? <laughs> Yeah, so it's just, yeah. Sega should have gone like fully all in on on Virtua Fighter kids like that. That would have, that would have been a laugh. Aye, I mean they dabbled in doing like a two D Virtua Fighter two with the Mega Drive game. So you imagine if they kind of taken the Pocket Fighter style concept and kind of also the Virtua Fighter anime sort of thing as well. We could have maybe played about a bit more. Yeah. Yeah, a two a two D kind of more stylized Virtua Fighter kids yeah. might have worked, but ah well. It's fun for it's fun for kind of five ten minutes to have a laugh at it, but I don't don't be kind of sitting there with a move set trying to learn combos. <laughs> no, it's not it's not a game for the pros. <laughs> you're not going to see it. No. You're not going to see it, Evo. No, imagine that. <laughs> what? <laughs> right, that do you know that's the last Virtual Fighter mainline Virtual Fighter game on the Saturn. Um, there was no more after that. Um, there was a crossover which we'll get onto, but. And this is where this is this is vintage Sega here. So Virtual Fighter Kids comes out July nineteen ninety six. August nineteen ninety six, we get Fighting Vipers, <laughs> a month apart. Aye, fighting Vipers is brilliant, oh, honestly. Yes. Well, again, I think it's one of these kind of. <clears throat> I think it gets a kind of. The respect it deserves, like Fighting Vipers. I think it's like you've got to remember as well, like Fighting Vipers on a Saturn was one of the earliest home arcade port beat 'em ups to ever have anything 3D background related. Yeah. Now the full backgrounds are obviously 2D. You know, VDP two is drawing the kind of the the ground. You've got the parallax and whatnot for the kind of backgrounds, like the the saloons and the kind of the airports and all that kind of stuff. But the ring is 3D. It's, it's polygons because it's you, you shatter it and I, I can't think of any fighting game that came to the home that had anything 3D background related before that I don't think so when did Bloody Raw come out oh jeez that's the only one that the <laughs> you don't like Bloody Raw no oh, man <laughs> see, see see games where it's anything to do with kind of like animal stuff like fighting like See, like Primal Rage as well, man. That's a lot of mints. <laughs> yeah, Primal Rage <laughs> isn't great. 
I got that in the game gear. I mean, but again, I get that as a, a, a gift, a surprise game gear, game gift that all. And the box with that that black box with the the big blue kind of the the, the monkey in the front kind of burning its teeth. And, oh, the logo looked great. And look in the back. Oh, that's just look, looks great. And then it's like, oh my god, this is awful. Primal <laughs> Rage is not good. I've got the Saturn version, which is meant to be the best version, and it's. Uh, mm, it's uh, you know I've still not beaten it because it's it's a proper midway style game. I know it was um, Atari that published it, but it was yeah it's one of those grossly unfair, cheap <laughs> arcade games, and it's clunky as hell to play. But I thought Bloody Raw was I thought Bloody Raw was kind of fun. I think that had background, but I think you're right. I don't think that was before Fighting Vipers, and especially no fighting game had destructible 3D environments. Aye. And again, it's it's a clever gameplay mechanic as well. That the the move set it's not as diverse and deep as like a Virtua Fighter. It's it's more. I think you can button bash a lot more yeah. through like fighting vipers. But I the the cast in it as well. It doesn't take itself too seriously. You've got like just also we've got Ban, who's I think he's the kind of the closest to a Virtua Fighter style cat. I think Ban's the only guy I think you could take. I think maybe um Shank. Maybe Tokyo. I was thinking Tokyo might be the only other one you could take and put into into Virtua Fighter. Him and Ban. <laughs> I think the rest, like like Raxel and stuff like that, he just, he would just wouldn't go in. You know, Candy wouldn't um, Sandman. He's basically he's basically like Rufus from Street Fighter Four, like ten years ten years, yeah, ten years before the facts. <laughs> you're in high end, oh you're ten year you're two ten years too early. <laughs> You know, literally. Um, but I, it's um, I. The, the kind of there's kind of comedy moves in fighting vipers all like like, like Sandman's we said he picks you up and bowls you like a ball, <laughs> and you get the pin sound effect as well. Aye, you hit the edge of the ring and you, you hear pins drop like, like, a, like a bowling alley. It's just kind of crazy. But aye, the, the the cages as well. They're not just there for destruction kind of reasons as well. Like you can use them in the the fight. Like again. There's throw moves, but also if you press the throw button towards your opponent, you actually can grab them and then you fling them behind you. So if you're close enough, if you're too far away from one end of the ring, the, the guy you, or the, the, the character you throw loses momentum, yeah. so they kind of slow down. But if you're close enough and you fire them around behind you, they hit in the ring and they fly up. Yeah. The so you can actually juggle them yeah. off the fence. So... You know, for, for something like Ban, for example, if you grab the opponent with him, throw them off the fence, you can kind of kick them back up in the air, and then he's got a shoulder dash, similar to Akira's. So if you if you hit them off the fence, they lose energy. You kick them back up in the air, then they lose energy, and then you can do that shoulder dash if they've got enough kind of health already taken off them and armor, and you'll see the wee indicators up beside the energy bars, and they start to flash like the quadrants of what has been weakened. You can actually end up just completely like, annihilating yeah. something by flinging them off a fence. It's like it's it's really really clever. It manages to be so different to Virtua Fighter that it, it warrants and deserves its place beside oh, it. Absolutely. I mean, I think I did get into a, a discussion with uh, with our friend Scott on Twitter when he was saying that he prefers fight. But he said fighting vipers was better. I said it's not better, right. <laughs> but, but it is a fantastic different. game. It is a fantastic game. Um, just the ability to juggle and stuff, you know, as you say, there's a lot more juggle physics in there. There's a lot of there's, there's, it's not as deep 
as Virtua Fighter in terms of, you know, on the ground gameplay, but there's depth in the mechanics and the armor breaking and the, in the, you know, how you use the environment. So yeah, it's, it's a fantastic game. And again, it didn't really get, it's, it doesn't really get its due these days. It's definitely unfairly forgotten and overlooked. Um, and I think it Aye. was at the time as well. I mean, I know it's obviously been brought out on Xbox 360 on Xbox Live Arcade and it's backwards compatible on Xbox One. As we speak, it might get delisted at any moment and it's also on the series consoles. But I think the Saturn port as well gets kind of unfair criticism because Sega made the decision that they were going to lower the resolution and not use the high resolution mode because they wanted to bring over the lighting effects, which are gorgeous. Like some of the like on Sandman stage, like that kind of sunset that you get, the yeah. the, the glow as it's kind of the sun's going down. Obviously, um, in Tokyo stage, which is the airport, we'll get to fighting uh, fighters Megamix later on because they reintroduced part of that. But there's a in the arcade, there's a plane that takes off before the the fight that was removed. Um, I was kind of cut back, but. You know all the stages, like like Candy Stage, um, is set at night as well in a kind of like a, a kind of parking area with graffiti on the walls. Um, Grace's Stage, um, looks stuff that's kind of set in a, a kind of industrial kind of yeah. background setting again at night, kind of different light sources and stuff. Um, is it Jane? The kind of yeah, oh, again, she's in a kind of it looks like an abandoned kind of top floor of like a, a, a an office building yeah. or something because the wind the windows are all broken out, but you can see the city out the background and stuff. And it's <clears throat> excuse me, it's it's really really stylized. Um, and again, it captures that kind of more I wouldn't say cyberpunk. It's not that kind of, but it's that kind of more edgier kind of more like a kind of illegal street fight yeah. sort of kind of feel to it. Um, I think cyberpunk I, is kind of the era. That it's, it's kind of like a near future Akira style, you know, street gangs and stuff. Not too not right. too far away from Last Bronx, which will come later. But, but it's, it's, I mean, it's a game that we've not really spoken about much no. on here as Fighting Vipers, which you can tell because we're kind of getting right into it. Um, and also there'll be gameplay footage which will be accompanying this as we're, <laughs> as we're speaking. Um, but I I think, as I said, the Saturn version does get kind of I think unfairly looked at because you had Virtua Fighter 2, which had that kind of whole high resolution mode, 60 FPS, but it doesn't do A, anything 3D destructible-wise in its backgrounds, and the lighting is... It's pretty much just a standard. There's no different light sources or anything across the stages in VF2. No. I think that the, the most kind of taxing that VF2 does for its stages is probably Jural stage. Yeah. Where you're kind of underwater, so you've got that kind of filter on front where you're slowed right down and it's kind of all shimmering and stuff like that. But apart from that, it's pretty much of a muchness across each stage. But the no, Fighting Vipers is great fun. It's fantastic. And it's still pre- it's pretty dark cheap as well, so to pick Japanese up. Japanese version goes for buttons, and people should be getting the Japanese version because of Pepsi Man! Pepsi Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's fantastic. I mean, obviously, he didn't make it over to the Western releases because of license, but it's absolute. It's one of the best things. I always have to clean up my uh, memory space on the Saturn. So whenever I play Fighting Vipers, I, one of the first things I do is unlock him. And... I don't even unlock it to play as him. It's just so that you start the first fight and you lose the first round. You just stand there and just get, get the shit kicked out of you. Lose round one. And then let round two, 
once uh, once he's once you're like down to a sliver of life, here comes a new challenger and Pepsi Man comes in for the save and it goes Pepsi Man, <laughs> it pops up. It's absolutely sensational. <laughs> And the announcers are great as well. It's like because we were talking before we started recording. It's like the kind of the female announcer for for fighting vipers. She's she's so calm. Yeah. Round one, let the action begin. <laughs> Go then, your mama's crap. <laughs> Bowling balls. It's like fences getting rattled yeah, and stuff. Smashing it's like, armor off. <laughs> aye, it kind of it betrays the kind of chaos it's about to follow, doesn't it? And I mean, it's like. It does, mate. Oh, yeah, it's a fantastic game. Absolutely fantastic game. Um, really does deserve more than more respect than what it gets. Um, and I think I'm guilty of letting it come under Virtual Fighter's huge shadow to a certain extent because it really is a fantastic game. Yep. And again, if, if you do want to play an arcade perfect version, I would suggest getting on that Xbox and picking it up because I don't think it's expensive. It's only five or six quid. I'm sure it's uh, regularly on sale for a few quid. <laughs> aye. Definitely add it to your library because with Daytona disappearing, Jet Set Radio disappearing, there's no saying which ones could go next. So, yeah. I highly recommend it. If you want a arcade perfect port, go for the Xbox version. If you want Pepsi Man, then you got to get the Japanese Saturn version. Me, I'm a Japanese Saturn guy. We've got to have Pepsi Man. <laughs> Pepsi Man! <laughs> uh, with that, mate, I think that brings us close to the end of 96, but I think we'll we'll take a break here. And though we didn't discuss the musical choice before, I thought we'd uh, give our listeners uh, and viewers a bit of Ride the Tiger, would you reckon? Oh, from Virtua Fighter to oh. Akira's theme. Yeah. Oh, what a tune. Round one, Fight! <laughs> two here we go you're listening to the sega guys i'm dan the mega driver he's james the Sagaholic. you were just listening to ride the tiger from virtual fighter 2 and we are talking about the saturn's 3d fighting game history uh fighting vipers was the last one mate um part two isn't really starting with a bang more of a more of a sizzle <laughs> next game we got on the list in september 1996 to ura a.k.a. Toshinden 2, a.k.a. Toshinden Ultra Revenge Attack. Aye, it's quite a mouthful, that, isn't it, really? <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll just stick to Ura. Um, 
again, this isn't one that I actually played back in the day. Um, it wasn't until I got my Fenrir um, that I actually tried this out. And I, I, it's, it's, a, it's an improvement on the first game, but that's not too difficult. <laughs> it's that I would say it's like marginal, you know, but I, it's no, it's no, it's no great. I actually think it's absolute crap. I think it's dog shit. <laughs> I think it's. Yes. I think it's. I think it's. I think it's worse than the first one. I. I think. Um. I think it's clunkier. It's jankier. The frame rates are all over the place with that one. It feels like that they will go because I don't. Because Sega helped in developing the Shinden S or the Shinden Remix, didn't they? But I think someone else published the Shinden Ura. I. I have kind of stepped away from it. So I. Um. I I I, I played it. I thought that's all right, you know. But I mean, it was as I say, all right. I mean, as I said, the, the bar wasn't very high to begin <laughs> with, you know. It's, if if we're talking about kind of margins, it's like playing athlete kings and doing the 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 high jump, but putting the bar all the way down, you know. <laughs> For using analogies. <laughs> this is too easy for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's Carlo. I was about Carlo Vania. Jump, jump in the, jump in the high jump. It's like one meter twenty. <laughs> oh, I saw. As I say, that's the bar, mate. It's all the way done. Oh yeah, no, it's. I think it's poor. I think the reviews at the time were pretty poor, and I got it again. I got it and remixed it about the same time, and it's because I think a lot of people our age, you know, even if it's not fondness, you have a memory, and they're kind of games that I, I quite like. I quite enjoy having them and going back to them, even if they're not great. Um, I think it's a poor game, but again, it's still one that I've got memories attached to. Um, so it's hard to think of anyone that bought it but for 40 quid <laughs> and, <laughs> and enjoyed it back in the day. You know, when all the games that we just rattled through in part one, your Virtua Fighters, your, your Fighting Vipers, um, and then you've got those out there and then you pick up Tashinden. It's, it's a it's a kind of a remix of Tashinden 2 from the PlayStation, uh, but much more different than what Tashinden S is to Tashinden 1. So it's a very odd, very odd, game uh and yeah it's it's just as clunky as the first one you, you say it's less clunky i say it's more clunky it's it's but it's definitely clunky aye there's an element of clunkiness <laughs> <laughs> there's a clunky gauge <laughs> i say aye you can't imagine somebody running to the shop and paying 40 odd quid for that <laughs> And, or maybe some poor bugger got it as a Christmas present or something off a granny. Yeah. You know. There you go, son. You, you enjoy that. You don't actually see many copies. I've never sought out copies for the power version, so I don't know how much they cost. Um, I bet it goes for like 150 quid or yes. something stupid. I bet it goes for at least 50. <laughs> we'll, have, we'll have a look in a sec. Anybody pays that for it to sit on a shelf, they need, they need help, honestly. No. Yeah. Um, and then that was the. There was a few more after that. So there's Fist again, a, a Genki 3D fire, which I think we'll discuss more in the follow-up episode to this because it's another obscure one. But then, yeah, that 1996 comes to a close, but not before ushering in 
perhaps the greatest 3D fighter of that generation. You know, Virtua Fighter 2 is definitely one in for a shout, but Fighters Mega Mix definitely gives it a run for its money. Aye, in terms of content, I don't think many can touch Fighters Mega Mix. You know, it's, it's a great, great premise. You know, it's the kind of, uh, you know, Smash Brothers before Smash Brothers kind of yeah. thing. You know, taking the concept of, of crossing, you know, franchises. Why Sega haven't gone back to this <laughs> in the modern day? Bring in VF, bring in Fighting Vipers, bring in Last Blocks, bring in Shenmue, bring in Yakuza. But just you think of like bring in Sonic the Fighters. You know, there's so much that they've yeah. got that they could they could do Fighters Mega Mix Two, and it would be absolutely insane. In fact, that's a good episode idea. Yeah, I've got that on the list you know, already. Actually, <laughs> uh, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, you could, you know, the the, the Dreamcast, Dreamcast. Oh. <laughs> I didn't even mean that, you know, for uh, for Fighters Mega Mix 2 if they were done it, but aye, you know, then you add in the kind of hidden characters, the Daytona card, you know, Janet from Virtua Cop 2, you know, again, Pepsi Man makes that appearance as well, so, you know, it's just, it's great as well in that for the Virtua Fighter side, they didn't just bring over the VF2 stuff, the Fighting Vipers guys are pretty much untouched, they stay exactly as they are, but they didn't just bring over VF2's guys, they actually brought over the VF3 movesets, they brought over the dodge button you know, so you did get an, a, a kind of an upgrade on the VF side yeah. of things as well and then obviously you've got your different paths, you can fight just Virtua Fighters you can fight just Fighting Vipers um, like we spoke before as well, if you do the, the Virtua Fighters then it's more zoomed in so the characters look bigger but if you do the fighting vipers and it's got the cage, it just kind of scales it back so the fighters look a bit smaller. But aye, there's just so much going on in, in Mega Mix, so much. It's uh, it's almost perfect because you've got the training mode as well. So for every single character in that game, you can go through and it tells you the moves and you can practice them. You get the um, you get the okay when you do the move properly. <laughs> um, it's you know. I don't think any other game had at that point didn't have a training mode it's years years ahead of its time that one um yeah the, the unlockables were fantastic obviously I cut, that kind of was a response to tekken and the like because they always had their unlockable characters and i think sega games at that point had been criticized for basically just being straight arcade ports which you and i were happy with but the masses will yeah so yeah and they were fantastic unlockables as well you know um, having the Sonic the Fighters characters Bean and Bark, Janet as you said the Daytona car as you said uh, the Virtua Fighter kids versions you know they're, they're, I think they're more fun to players here than they are in the actual Virtua Fighter kids game Aye, because they're novelties yeah. and then you know there's a lot of other novelty characters that are surrounding them so it's kind of they're more grounded yeah. in that game I think but Aye, it's just so much going on. Um, you're probably right. It was, I think, more of a response to the more kind of mainstream home market focused beat 'em ups. Yeah. Well, they were taking influence from their arcade game. But you look at the Tekken Three, you know, that brought in like the bowling mode yeah. stuff. Like, you know, just adding wee silly kind of side games that you wouldn't find in the arcade version. So obviously, Sega trying to kind of do that kind of more kind of home focused kind of more 
I don't know, kind of jokey, less serious, you know, bringing in like the Daytona car, you know, a bloody car up in its wheels, punching you with its tyres and stuff, you know, just madness. But aye, it definitely was, I think, a, a reaction to what they were seeing being done with the arcade ports. Because you're right, like, you look at stuff like Manx TT that was heavily criticised because it literally just is, there's a Saturn mode which has extra bikes, but again, there's only two tracks. Yeah. And then you get the tracks reversed as well. So, aye, wealth of content and and Mega Mix, insane. Just give us a, a sequel. Just you know, got the framework for Virtual Fighter Five Final Show. Just add some nonsense in there. Cross it over with like the the like the finishes in in Yakuza or like a Dragon. Those those games. Could you imagine yeah. that? You know, pick your fighting style. <laughs> you know. Have Kiri you facing off against Landy? Could you imagine that? <laughs> yeah. And now have these bonkers finishers where you, I don't know you don't, you don't like where Kiryu picks up a bike and starts wailing on one of them or something, <laughs> crashes them through know. the wall or something. You know, people love that. Like I've been, I was playing. My kids have been obsessed with Smash Brothers on the Switch. Like my my like my two uh, like my two eldest both on their separate profiles, unlocked every single character on it. Because um, those characters have got the appeal. But Sega have got loads of characters with appeal as well. You know, it doesn't have to be Virtua Fighter versus fight, Virtua fight, Fighting Vipers. Just throw throw the kitchen sink at it. Have Sonic fighting Kiryu. Have Ryo Hazuki fighting, uh, I don't know, Gilius Thunderhead from Golden Axe, you know. <laughs> I mean, you could have like... The different versions of Sonic, you could have Classic Sonic, you could yeah. have Sonic Adventure Sonic, you could have Sonic Frontier <laughs> Sonic, you could, you know, you could just, just, there's, there's so much history in terms of characters. You could have like, uh, Beaten Gum from Jet yeah. Set Radio, could, you know, you could just have so much. <laughs> you could have Ooh La La from Space Channel 5. Fight, fighting know, just, G from House of the Dead or something. Aye, you know, that, that would literally be that guy's... You know, that would be like the, the intro. You know, we're meeting G over there. <laughs> Round one. <laughs> Fight. <laughs> you know, just for the complete cheese value, yeah. you could just add the voice acting and there's just... It's annoying that I think that Sega fans come up quite easily with great ideas <laughs> and Sega, Sega sitting there going, ah, is that me? <laughs> it's like, nah. Uh, Fighters Mega Mix 2, we hear you loud and clear. Here's Cosmic Smash. (laughs) Uh, No, I mean, uh, here's here's Super Monkey Ball. Uh, Cosmic Smash, the game that nobody knew about or cared about or bought, you know, came out like literally the most. It's like the Dreamcast version of Michael Jackson's new album. No, I mean, it came out like it's, it's beyond the autopsy. Like, cause of death has been confirmed at this point. You know, we, here's a game. It's like in Japan only. Beautiful DVD case that it comes in, and it's all kind of see through and transparent. It looks lovely, but aye, it's it's not a, a Dreamcast classic by any stretch. Uh, yeah, it's <laughs> fairly meddling in the reviews. Only was in one UK publication, which was Edge, which got six out of ten. Yeah, uh, every other review is from Japan. Um, I know we had Res came after, and that's that is a classic because that was universally acclaimed. 
Aye, aye. I know like Cosmic Smash, I think, would have had a, a, some kind of impact, possibly, on the kind of visual style and the kind of idea of res, but I wouldn't imagine it'd be too much because they kind of, they're very close in their releases. Yeah. So I think they would have maybe run side by side with yeah. each other. I don't think that Cosmic Smash came out soon enough to have enough of an impact on the ideas for Res. I think Res was already pretty much well into its development by the time Cosmic Smash had hit as well. So, uh, no, I'm, I'm glad that I'm glad that it's coming out. Man. I think it's a game that probably works better in VR. To be fair, because again, if you pick it up today, it's the review in Edge. You know, said it all. You know, whenever they, they summed it up. I'm trying to see if I've got it here, actually. In fact, I do. The review for Ed, the way that they finished it up here, you know, uh, Cosmic Smash is a diversion, a beautiful one, as stylish as anything else on the system, but a diversion nonetheless, and only those who treat it as such will fail to be disappointed. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that's it. fair. I played it 2002 on my Japanese Dreamcast, and yeah, it's fun. And... Don't get me wrong, I'd love the idea that it's getting a modern remake, especially for VR, and it's fantastic they're bringing that back. But as back to the original point was, you know, Fighters Mega Max 2, this wealth of riches that they've got in the IP locker. Yep. If you picked, if I, if I had my top 10 <laughs> Sega games to bring back or make sequels to, it's probably not there. <laughs> no, it's, I see, Cosmic Smash is like a game that, that will work great in VR, but. It's just it's no it's not what you're wanting to see brought back. You know, it's like as you say that that wealth of a library of characters, you know, that they've built on since there is no fighters mega mix. You think as we say, like like the monkey for somebody amigo could be out, you know. <laughs> you just you just keep rattling them off, you know. Seaman <laughs> You imagine Landy roundhouse kicking Seaman across the screen. <laughs> Sensational. That's what you get for being cheeky. You know, for... yeah. Leonard Nimoy. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the options are limitless on a Fighters Mega Mix 2. I mean, come on. Come on, Sega. But yeah, the original, the original superb. Um, Listen to an Arcade Attack podcast uh, today at the time of recording. It's a uh, 1996 in gaming. They're talking through the um, the, the rank, game ranking scores, what are the best rated scores. And Fighters Megamix was way down below Soul Edge. I was thinking, what? Was it? Yeah. I'm sure that I get 97 in Sega Saturn magazine. I remember the wee sticker with the Saturn it, logo and I'm sure it it 97%. The highest, the highest rated game that year was Mario 64, obviously. The second highest rated game, Wipeout 2097. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's like, it was a great game, but the best of '96. <laughs> yeah. Sega. <Take it> <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Fighters Mega Mix, absolute classic make. I think they will have to talk through uh, Fighters Mega Mix Two in detail in a future episode. Yeah, I think I think that deserves to get um, a bit of more in-depth discussion, mate. It does. So that closed out '96 in Japan. Didn't come over here until '97. That's when I guess when I got my copy. I remember it was brand new. In fact, I got ID'd for Fighters Megamix. 
Is that because you had to buy a knife to open the, the, brand, <laughs> the, 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 new the plastic, plastic. <laughs> the new plastic cases? See, I never owned fighter, Fighters Mega Mix in the day, but Sam got it, and that was the first time I'd ever seen that newfangled case. And I was like, come on, you! I was like, <laughs> like, I was like Ultra Magnus and jank, Junkie, I'm like, damn it, open! <laughs> Prime, you said Fighters Mega Mix would light our darkest hour. <laughs> Daniel, <laughs> hand over the case. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Terminate him. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, yeah. Awful cases. Oof. You went from one extreme, plastic, you know, cardboard and flimsy to, you know, you need a combination code to <laughs> the chastity belt of video games cases. <laughs> Oh. Like men, like Robin Hood men in tights. Oh. <laughs> Remember that scene? <laughs> the case. How the hell did you manage to get you've that always, on a podcast? You've always been the one because it's just the right size. It's not the size that counts, it's how you use it. We're men. <laughs> We're men in tights. Tight, tight. <laughs> We roam around the forest looking for fights. <laughs> Good old Mel Brooks. Eh? Oh, it's, uh, superb that film. I used to watch it so many times. <laughs> <laughs> where, where were we? Where were we? Right, fighters mega mix and closes out ninety six. We had a uh, ninety first fighting game in ninety seven. Three D fighting game for the Saturn was Desert. Desert. Obscure one, in case the name hasn't given it. The Hurt. <laughs> if the name hasn't... Like a, it's like a sneeze. Yeah. <laughs> if the name hasn't given it away. Another obscure one we'll come back to in the follow-up episode to that. Aye. But after... For people wondering what we're talking about, it's, it's spelled D slash X-H-I-R-D. Yeah, think of a third, but with an X instead of a T. Aye. Uh, Aye. Bang the, the X is meant to be silent, so it's The Hurt. I'm not sure, because there's... Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's the guilty there's the guilty gear entry, isn't there? Which is guilty gear excerpt. Which I don't know, mate. But I don't know. But we'll put that onto the side because the next one's an absolute banger. Coming out in August nineteen ninety seven. Arguably the best looking fighting game on Sam is Last Bronx. What a game that is. Aye. It's, oh man. Dun, what, what, dun, dun, what dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Jag, Jaggy Love, you know, just what that, that intro music and that anime, you know, intro that goes with it, you know, it's just unbelievable. Just sets the tone straight away. Visually stunning, high resolution mode, 60 FPS, advanced, very advanced VDP 1 and 2 usage, you know, combining to create absolutely stunning. People were that convinced it was full 3D backgrounds. Yeah. That's how good a job that it did. Um, the subway you know, as well as oh, the underground, the, the, the ceiling yeah. just goes all the way. It's so good, and it doesn't lose any detail. Like my favourite stage, I think, is actually the Midnight Garden. Yeah, because it's got that beautiful kind of the, the buildings in the background, and the, as you move about, you can actually see around them, and oh, it's just it's absolutely glorious and as a game as well this is 
probably it's not as deep as Virtua Fighter, but it's definitely deeper mechanics wise than than fighting vipers. It's um like a lot of kind of my my one kind of takeaway for, for Last Bronx is that that it's the most responsive blocking mechanics in any of the fighting games. Like, because yeah. you you rely on it. It's lightning. Like if you press that A button, like the block is up straight away, and you need to because you can't button bash in Last Bronx. No. It's the the characters in it. They strategize their attacks. Like they'll, 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 there's patterns that they'll use. You know, like you can't cheaply grab something like in fighting vipers like the, the reach is quite far like you can really you you don't need to be in a specific place you can be quite lax with your positioning but with last bronx like the amount of times that you try and kind of double tap towards to dash in and grab but you'll kind of fall short and you'll just get studied yeah. up there you know it's it's really really clever it's really deep it's uh it's definitely one that's that's very very uh keen on like the punish sort of game you get punished and that's 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 the whole very much because the, the life bars i think they're even shorter than virtual fighter too because you, you can get absolutely larped in it because if you if you if you mess around you find out you get you know you uh if you Try get your timing wrong, you will get punished and you get absolutely battered. And it's a no. much more, much more strategic game in that sense than Virtual Fire Two because you can still that's, you can still recover. That's the word. That's the word, mate. Strategic. That, that that's pretty much spot on. You're right. The energy bars are a lot shorter. Um, as you said, what if you mistime something, you are getting scudded. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so strate- strategic's the right word. Yeah, the guy. What's the guy with the big hammer? Oh, aye. Come on, his name. Aye. I mean, I, my, my go to is Kurosawa. Kurosawa for me as well. Zagros <laughs> <laughs> Kungri. I don't know what you say, that's what it sounds like. Oh, he's fantastic with his wooden sword. Aye, wooden sword and his purple suit. <laughs> his bandana, yeah, his long hair. Superb. Yeah, that's who I, that's who I normally go to. Um, but yeah, I've. I've like, I've gone in a few times and tried to run in and go, and he's like, the big guy just blocks you with his hammer, just like, yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, there's obviously kind of like in the stages as well, some of them have got like little kind of fences yeah. at the end, so you can actually use them again, like you can like backflip, like somersault onto the fences and then off them yeah. to launch attacks as well. Um, quite kind of summon their way to the kind of fence and, and fighting vipers, but obviously it's not destructible. But I, um, as I say, like, like Kurosawa's got this kind of throw where like he'll kind of knee in the stomach and then double you over, and then it's like poof, poof, the back of the nut. Where, where that's wood, it's like it's brutal. <laughs> and like, the sound effects are fantastic in that game as well. He's also got one little. Obviously, it's a wooden sword. But if you push down diagonal towards and hit punch, see if you go up there, (laughs) and then if you time it right for them coming down, you press towards and punch, and he takes the butty and he goes. Yeah, it's like Jesus Christ! It's 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 brilliantly. It's all motion captured as well. It's the first motion captured weapons based game. So there you go. It's uh, yeah, it's phenomenal. It's. 
the way that yeah the way that the arenas are shaped is is much more realistic than fighting vipers you don't have the you know accentuated bounces off the you know throw someone into the fence and then they flow up about five feet into the air I I there's there's no kind of juggle mechanics, no cheap juggle mechanics anyway. Um there's an element of juggling last bronze, but not to the kind of cheesy levels of, of fighting vipers. <laughs> oh no. uh, brilliant game. Brilliant game. Um the next one's not bad either. Uh coming out in October ninety seven. Just a little game, dead or alive. You know, what would ever come of that series? <laughs> No, the game that saved uh, Tecmo it as did, well. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's obviously um, based on the Model 2 hardware. And, you know, Tecmo were struggling at that time and tapped into the kind of the the burgeoning, you know, beat em up market at that time and, and Dead or Alive as a result. And again, this is one of the games that, that Richard Ledbetter kind of quite frequently championed as a reason to yeah. to chip your Saturn and get this on import. And again, it's, it's painful this didn't come out over here. It really is. There's, just, there's, there's no reason for it not to have come out. But again, you're looking at it, October 97, you know, Bernie's probably come in at this point and decided... I, I wouldn't be surprised if there would have been plans to bring this over, but it's probably just been shelved. But if you play the Japanese version, there's literally next to zero. Yeah, I can't remember any any kanji or any Japanese in there. That the menus are all in English. You know, obviously the, the fighters kind of have their like virtual fighter. You know, they they have their taunts and their victory kind of poses and whatnot in Japanese, which is fine. You know, like Shundi washing his carpets as we, <laughs> you know. But you know, I, I, I again absolutely gorgeous, brings a whole new dynamic in terms of the danger zones, which again, you had ring outs, but you know, Tecmo took it to another extreme <laughs> yeah. whereas it's not just a ring out, it's an explosive ring out. Yeah. <laughs> you, know? you Yeah, when you get one of one of them in the danger zone and you get that little and they fly up into the air, it's fantastic. Uh, and you can still juggle them as well. That's right. It's uh, it's brilliant. It's kind of a halfway house between Virtual Fighter and Fighting Vipers in that sense. Aye, aye. It's again, it's it's not got the kind of level of depth of a Virtual Fighter two, but it's got that kind of more kind of don't know more accessible kind of juggle mechanics. Aye, yeah. you can, if you if you if you smack somebody yourself, it's that big. It's, you get the big fireball yeah. that comes up <laughs> and they go for way up there and you know if if you roundhouse kick them in the way back down you can smack them back on it so you yeah, get double explosions and it's just it's carnage but it's it's great fun and it spawned obviously a massively successful series yeah and as as great as the series is the first three I think it will do it for me um aye 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 four's not bad on the 360 but I think that first three are iconic, you know, the, the second one for me, because it's a Naomi game it just will always feel like a Dreamcast game um, plus the fact that the, the guy who made it didn't even want it to go out on PlayStation yeah. 2 and it was kind of done behind his back like, apparently it was like a bunch of like, kind of coders that worked at Tecmo at the time, had done like this kind of, they said it was like a kind of test code, Jason was telling me about it and it, it was like, kind of, like a test port but he didn't give the blessing for it to get released and then it came out behind his back and he was raging because he didn't want it to come out on, on PlayStation and the port on PS2 is 
it's got extra content and lovely lighting, but the, it's not the palette's dull and the jaggies are horrendous. But Dead or Alive 2, the limited edition version that came out in Japan is by far the way to go. Yeah. Gorgeous case art as well. Uh, Kasumi and, and is it, how do you say her name again? Ayami. Um, they're on the cover and it's that kind of nice shimmery kind of yeah. effect it as well. It's a slightly thicker jewel case as well on that one. It's not the kind of standard, slightly thicker and just gorgeous. All the extra stages, extra costumes and stuff like that's in there. Um, and in the third game, you know, that legendary Aerosmith, you know, Nine Lives, you know, absolutely brilliant. You know, the the, the intro watching that, just I remember seeing that in, in Virgin Megastore in Buchanan Street as well. <laughs> just walking in, they had like Xbox demo pods ahead of launch and I was like, what the hell is this? It's like, it was a step up again from DOA 2. So, aye, the, the first three are just sensational. Yeah, I feel like DOA 3 just felt like uh, another generation on from DAA, DOA 2. It's like in a different right. league to what we were seeing on everything else at the time. I remember looking at the, um, the I think it's uh, I think it's Ryuha Busa's costume. He's got like the chainmail one, and I remember yep. thinking, Jesus, the detail on that is outrageous. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the Saturn all started obviously with this the Model Two arcade game, but then the Sega Saturn port, and of course when Dead or Alive Ultimate came out to the Xbox. Which port did they choose to base it on? They based it on the Saturn version, which speaks volumes about how good this port is. It's fantastic. Aye, it's absolutely solid, mate. It's you know, it's fast, it's fluid, high resolution, looks glorious, sounds great, plays well. Again, I, I don't know what it goes for on import, but it's, um, it's fairly cheap because it's fairly common. Is it's it? quite it's uh, quite successful. Um, so right. it's fairly, it's very affordable. Um, so if you are a Saturn collector, definitely pick it up. Aye. I think it's. It, I haven't looked for a long time, but I'm sure it goes for less than a tenner. Aye, which is an absolute steal, you know, for for a game of that quality. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, so if you've, yeah, it's like Virtual Fighter Two and Virtual Fighter. Those games, it's it goes for the similar amount. And as you say, the level of quality you're getting from there. Aye, a tenner. Yeah, jeez. I mean, can of get too big, mate? <laughs> no, not anymore. <laughs> not anymore, mate. So, there you go. Oh, but that's Dead or Alive, and I think that's that's the end of the heavy hitters for a while. So, we've got Anarchy and Anippon, which we have mentioned before, and that will cover that oddity off in the next episode. Same with Zero Divide, which um, it's not as obscure. I think a few people know it. Mech Base Fighter came out end of 97. Savaki. better than Vice of the Robots. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Savaki came out April '98. That's a uh, cage fire. I, I do enjoy that one, but it's, it's it's another oddball one, especially since you haven't got any real characters' names. And I'm going to murder the name of this one. This is Toru Densetsu Elendori. So it's you basically it's a fighting game, a really fighting game where you ride dragons. <laughs> well, actually came out in uh, uh, January 1999. The only reviews I could find for that were in Dreamcast magazines. Funny enough. Aye. Yeah. Um, but we come to the last one, the very last 3D fighting game. And I think it's quite ironic, actually, mate, because the Sega Saturn launched with a 3D fighting game in Virtua Fighter, the game that spearheaded the whole genre and changed the fighting industry. And it ended with a 3D fighting game. This is the last commercial release for the Sega Saturn. It's none other than Final Fight Revenge. <laughs> <laughs> my, shaking my, my your head. 
my, my thoughts on this have been well publicised already. <laughs> I think Resident SD remembered me going, it's absolute shite. <laughs> and, and, and I know, I know you're a fan of it. I think it's what. It's, it's the fact that it needs a four meg RAM cartridge, <laughs> and I can I cannot see why it needs that. It's just it's bizarre. I mean, obviously playing on that kind of final fight license, you know, and got those characters that we love: Guy, Cody, Hager, Sodom, okay. you know, you know, big big Bill, the the, the copper, and yeah. things like that. But I suppose that is. It's no, it's no great, mate. It's, it's, it, it does a job. It's, 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 it's got its kind of. I try, I try to be really nice about it. Here. I'm trying to think. Of, I don't want to completely destroy it. it no, it go for its, it. it. It has its merit. I just think it, the characters look odd. The animations are clunky. The hit mechanics are shocking. It's just. I, pl- I remember pl- I'd never played it in the day, and I, I remember that I obviously got my four meg RAM cartridge back, and I, I'd, I'd heard about it back in the day, but I'd never ever played it. And I just, just remember putting it in the fairy and going, "What the fuck is this?" It's like, like, like you'd seen screenshots it, and at that point you're thinking it's like, "Oh, it's a Final Fight version of Street Fighter EX." <laughs> <laughs> No, it's not. <laughs> no, oh. it's it's no for me. It's no for me, mate. I'm, I'm not a fan of it. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a bit of an apologist for it. I do enjoy it. I paid for it a few times since I got my Fenrir because yeah, I I moved on from the Saturn at this point back in the day, and uh, I missed it on release. And obviously, it very quickly went right up in in value. So I only paid of it. it I only I only paid it last year on the on the Fenrir, and um, yeah, like like Mac McMuscles. I'm an apologist for this because it's, it's just, for me, it's just so goofy and so silly that it's almost, it's more appealing than Virtua Fighter Kids in that way because Virtua Fighter Kids is mostly serious, albeit, you know, the characters are jokey and the backgrounds are jokey, but the, the actual fighting is just Virtua Fighter 2 light and a bit distorted. Whereas Final Fight Revenge is just pure stupidity. I mean, if All you're right. playing as EDE and you get your special bar up and you do down forward and the kicks and then he turns into a car and starts running you <laughs> over or like... A... <laughs> I mean, what is, what is that? <laughs> really, man. The sirens and everything. It's <laughs> it's it's like the, the, the stuff in there is just so... You can't take it seriously. It's like um, the last boss, as I said before in the other podcast, on a previous podcast, last boss is a zombie version of the of the boss from the original Final Fight. And when you beat him, they have a credit scene where the zombie boss is doing a, a thriller-style dance. And it's just... <laughs> it's just so silly. And it's like, if you take it, if you, if you take away the fact that it's not meant to be... If, if you take away the fact that it's Final Fight, it's just basically Final Fight in a, in a joke 3D fighting game. And it's not... Obviously, we want A, either a proper Final Fight, or B, a proper final fight fighting game. It's neither of those two things. So of course you're gonna come away and say it's a pile of shit. But if you look at it, I, if you look at it from the prism of this is just a bunch of guys that have the final fight characters having a laugh, it's a it, I think it's a riot. I mean 
how could they not just have ported Final Fight to the start <laughs> Like, alright, it's another 2D game, but oh, it made Final Fight CD, which we love on the Mega Drive Mini 2 and stuff like that. I, I just love playing that. It's the reason why I've got a Mini 2, but it's like, just <laughs> give us, just port Final Fight. Go put this rubbish. Well, they could have at least given us Street Fighter EX or something, I guess. Aye, I, I it's just that's just madness to think that was the last one. You know, you you started the journey with an industry changing juggernaut of a franchise, <laughs> and you left us with a version of Final Fight where a guy turns into a car and flashes his siren. <laughs> you fight a zombie version, and you fight a zombie version of the final boss who does the thriller dance. Which chance have you got? <laughs> <laughs> But no, that's that's the Saturn's 3D fighting game journey, mate. I mean, you know, there's not as many 3D fighting games as there are 2D games. But I no. think, um, I, you know, I think there's a few videos going around on, on YouTube. I think this is the only time that this is, this is the most comprehensive list that I've seen of anywhere. I mean, I know we've just floated, we've just touched on the games that we'll cover later on, which are the, the weird and wonderful. But I think these are the milestone ones. Um, and I think... Overall, it's a fantastic lineup. I mean, mainly the Sega entries, plus Dead or Alive. The others, you can kind of take or leave. But those Sega games, pure gold. Aye, I mean, there was a video that came out that apparently was meant to be a, you know, a, an in-depth look at all the Sega Saturn 3D fighting games, and they missed out stuff like Virtua Fighter Kids and Dead or Alive, but they put GVC Victory Boxing in there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, box, you know. boxing <laughs> boxing games are another, you know, not in this genre. No, we're talking about the the classic arcade one-on-one 3D fighting game, which was spawned by Virtua Fighter. Um, as you said, mate, I think it's, it's a comprehensive list. There's some misses in there, but what they did right, they did really right. You know, stuff like Last Bronx, VF2, Fighting Vipers, you know, are just technical marvels as well as we said vf2 for what it did bringing in high resolution mode 60 fps fighting vipers okay isn't high resolution mode but has probably some of the nicest lighting effects of any beat-em-up on this list you know what i mean and then obviously you know last bronx just took that advancement of vdp one and two working together to create almost real 3d looking backgrounds that fooled a lot of people you'll still see narratives that are spun you know, saying last Bronx, we you know uses full 3D backgrounds on the Saturn. It's like, no, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't, but it's testament to how honed they had got at working with VDP one and two together to create, you know, those backgrounds that were a step above Virtua Fighter Two's parallax. No, absolutely, mate. The 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 engineering and the coding behind there is ingenious you know even more so than virtual fighter 2 um we talked to you know we talked earlier in the podcast about how Tekken you really did feel like that you were um you were in a, a diorama almost with just like you're just in a box with painted words virtual fighter 2 made it seem 3d and last bronx just took that to the next level and what i love about last bronx um it's often compared to soul edge or soul blade um and one thing that you know we both love soul Calibur, right huge fans of soul Calibur. the problem with both of those games 
in the arcade is that they run on PlayStation hardware. And this is true of the Soul Blade PlayStation port. It runs at 30 frames per second. And even though Virtua Fighter 1 runs at 30 frames per second, that's always been palatable to me. But otherwise, I don't think any other game should really run at anything other than 60. Most games in this, like Dead or Alive, 60. Last Bronx, 60. Fires Mega Mix, 60. Um, Fighting Vipers, 60. Virtual Fighter Kids, 60. They all run at 60 frames per second. And that's the differentiator for me. Between Last Bronx and Soul Edge is that 60, is that frame rate, which makes Last Bronx such a more fluid. And that's why it's, you know, we talked about the punish game in that. And that's why it's so important because your timings have got to be spot on. Aye. Soul Blade, I think, gets a lot more credit. One, because people instantly go, oh, what an intro. Oh, what an intro, though. <laughs> you know. You know it's a, it's a to shine! We can't be. I don't know. I just, I just make it up sounds. Oh, like yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know what the words are either. Aye. Whatever. <laughs> Don't know, but I it's that kind of CG <laughs> intro with that that music is is great. But you know, you've also got the kind of obviously you had the the mission battle mode, which was in Soul Calibur. Yeah. There was that kind of an earlier version of that kind of you know the the battle mode, the world battle mode that was in Soul Blade as well. So it had a lot more content. But I it was it was lovely enough to play. Yeah, but it didn't look anywhere near what last. And it, it has like. proper three D backgrounds as well. Um, right. I, I remember it was at rock stage. It had the kind of the, the grass. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it was kind of blown, and that 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 was quite impressive at that time to see that. Yeah, that's the thing. I think the three D backgrounds are impressive, but it ran up, and because there's so much, there's so it's so dense. Whereas Virtual Fighter was just the two the two characters in the ring. I think because it's so dense and there's so much on there, but it runs at half the frame rate. If you're playing, when you come away from, even coming away from Soul Calibur, comparing the arcade to the to the home version, straight away you just think, ooh, it running at half a frame rate is, uh, yeah, nasty to me. Aye, aye. And I, I think it's testament as well to how much they managed to get out the Saturn, all these arcade ports. And these are Model 2 arcade ports, yeah. 60 FPS. Yeah, absolutely. And even, even Tecmo. With Dead or Alive, man, 60 frames per second. You compare Dead or Alive on the Saturn to the PlayStation version, you can see which one is the more faithful to the uh, to the arcade original. So basically, if Namco had put Soul Blade on the Saturn, it would have run at 60 FPS. I reckon they could have got it on the Saturn at 60 FPS. Right. <laughs> they wouldn't have had 3D backgrounds. It would have been. It would have got a big, big wooden spoon just <laughs> stop the port. Yeah, I reckon it would have. It would have had to have parallax scrolling instead of those 3D objects, though. Aye, aye. May not get the wavy grass, mate. No, but yes, mate. That is the uh, that is the Sega Saturn's 3D fighter journey, all summed up in about two hours. Uh, I don't think we've missed any. So that was that was quite the ride. It was, mate. I am. We've still got the anomalies to go it's through, the... the rarities as well. But um, I think that one, I think there's probably a good few in there that maybe folk haven't heard of. But uh, it was good to kind of go through these in order of release as well. And you can see as you're going through it, just that quality ramping up yeah. each time. You know what I mean? All the way up. Game. All the way up to Final Fight Revenge. And then <laughs> they just basically took a dump at the end. <laughs> 
Well, that's Capcom, <laughs> mate. You know what I mean? Sega and Tecmo were fine, then Capcom came along and <laughs> gave us that. Oh, mate, it's been a pleasure. Well, do you know what? We'll throw it to our listeners. Do you love Final Fight Revenge? Do you hate Aye, Final Comments. <laughs> Do you hate Final Fight Revenge? Let us know. Is there anything that we've missed off this list? Are you looking forward to the Obscure Fighters episode? Just let us know in the comments below. Get in touch via Twitter. You can catch me at Swooper underscore D. You can catch James wherever he is at the Sagaholic. <laughs> you can catch the account at Sega Guys. Until next time, we will see you on the Sega side. Sega! Let's go.